Hello, lovely people. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Now, if you feel like hearing a truly uplifting, and may I say, yes, inspirational story, and one that is built on love, honesty and courage, then I think I have just the conversation for you. When life as an art teacher wasn't going as Hannah Armitage wanted for her and her family, she and her husband did something so many don't do. They were really honest and made a huge change. This took her back to her childhood home. But even better, this decision also took her into business with her lovely dad, John. They now run the Winterbrook Garden Nurseries in Oxfordshire and her days are filled with doing something she absolutely loves during hours to suit her and her young family. Hannah had no idea this was how she'd end up living. It's all because of her bravery and that honesty. She discovered the life she wanted was already there on her childhood doorstep. Hannah believes it's all about being open and trusting your instinct. Her wisdoms have already really helped me in some of my wobbles about my next chapter. And I really hope she'll do the same for you. Hello and welcome to the next chapter by Ellie Barker. The idea behind this podcast is that as I start my next chapter from journalist to indie author, I speak to some incredible people who have already started their next chapter in the hope it might be able to help you with your next chapter, or at the very least, you'll just enjoy the conversation. So here she is, Hannah Armitage. Hannah Armitage, welcome to the next chapter by Ellie Barker. I'm so happy to have you here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm excited because I saw your story in a magazine and I was yeah. like, oh, this is so lovely and amazing. And Aww. I got in touch with you and you just replied straight away. And Aww. it really, that really meant a lot. And especially because I, well, I grew up in the Berkshire area and you're not a million yeah. miles away from there. So it, I kind of felt a, even more of a, a connection. So because you're in Wallingford aren't you absolutely yeah okay okay so let's start off as we always do with the prologue Hannah so you actually grew up in a little village called Brightwell is that right and that's near Wallingford just down the road cyclable so I go on my bike just go down there and uh yeah yeah it's just a tiny village um and yeah so Wallingford is a market town and Brightwell is a tiny little village and I kind of lived on the main road so I was never in the village or out of the village it was a bit weird but yes so you lived there and your mum and dad they worked full-time yeah dad was and still is a landscaper yeah do you have um siblings Hannah I do I have a younger brother okay um and he's completely not green fingered uh so he he works in london and lives in london so polar opposites really okay so when you were growing up um you were saying like because your mum and dad worked quite full time um and you often spent quite a lot of time with with your childminder but you were sort Mm -hmm. of you you said that you did sometimes and obviously this is no fault of your mum and dad because they were just working so hard as parents do you felt you felt quite lonely at times yeah, and I think that's because um, you know having having two parents working full time is is like it's hard for them growing up, and I completely understand now I'm a parent how difficult that was for them. Um, but yeah, we were kind of not in the village; we were just in and outside, so it was always really difficult to be able to get anywhere. So it was just I had to take a bus to school, for example, and all my friends either lived in the village or in Wallingford. So growing up, it was a bit. It was a little bit tricky, to be honest. I think there were, there were times when I was sort of like really fed up of sort of being right on the edge of everything. Um, but I think that kind of made me a stronger person in a way because I just got on with it. And I just worked really hard and, and just did the things I liked doing, which were quite a lot of, you know, arty things at home. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, we're surrounded by countryside and... Um, we always had like dogs and cats and things like that so it wasn't a hardship as such but it was just different I think from a lot of my friends um but yeah now as a parent I completely understand you know how hard it is to to do two things that you you need to do whether it's running your own business like my dad or my mum who was just you know she did all the childcare and everything or organizing it at least and um you know, it must have been heartbreaking not to be able to, to turn up to things that she really wanted to do. So, um, yeah, I changed 
when that already became apparent, that really influenced, you know, how I felt about work and things like that. So, well, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll go on to that as we cover your your chapters. Mm. It, is a, it is a real thing, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, and I, God, I'm sure you're the same. It's such a dilemma. I'm a parent and what we all go yeah. through. And it's it's a yeah. fine it's a fine line but I you know I had my mum was at home you know and I can sort of yeah. see the and also but then she very much encouraged me to have my own job yes. because then she she didn't yeah. do the things that she always wanted to do so yeah. it's a real yeah. fine line between all of it yeah absolutely um because you loved art at school didn't you yes yeah so I was um always drawing painting um and then eventually when I was in doing my A-levels I did ceramics I was the last year of um the ceramics A-levels and um I had great really great teachers and um yeah it was just like it's just something I absolutely loved doing and it was that side kind of that kept me going um at school and things because I went to an all-girls school so it was uh was it was just a bit it was just a bit middle of the road, really. There was, there was, you know, you didn't have the boys' influence. You just kind of were really studious and got on with it. But yeah, art's always been, it's just always been around. My parents, um, they're not arty as such, but they have probably both got a design background where they, um, they kind of collect, they've always collected things, for example. So there was lots of, uh, you know, different pots at home, which I might look at and paintings and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's kind of always been there and that's, that's just been an interest. Mm. So yes, I, I do like a bit of art. So moving on then, you're, so going into your first chapter, you then became an art teacher. Yes, um, that was like something I think I always wanted to be a teacher from a very young age and um, when I went on uh, from university so I did a textile a printed textile degree and uh, I loved it and I was going to be just a, a textile designer in industry and I found it so um, I found it really hard because it was so prescriptive to work to somebody's brief and my work perhaps wasn't that commercial at the time so I really struggled with that idea and it was kind of thinking well how am I going to make a living um, and make money every month uh, to be able to survive on my own and uh, yeah I just kind of fell into teaching through I started as a teaching assistant just to see if I would like the school environment and I knew I would never go to primary school because that was just kind of too much too much excitement but secondary school I liked because I thought you know they can choose their options so art is an option we may go that way um, so yeah I liked being um, a teaching assistant but I really liked being in the art department and so I kind of was going in that direction and then a job came up in an independent school for um, an art technician and that was brilliant because it was a boys school so I was kind of like thrown in with, with all these hormonal boys and they were doing brilliant stuff and they had a brilliant art department and lots of um it was you know they were making things out of wood and plaster and it was really experimental and so I was just the person that you know would go and fire the ceramics or uh run down and get all the materials and it was really great fun and I loved that job um but it really did sort of cement my idea yeah I'm going to be a teacher um and I thought you know that's it for me that is my career written out I'm gonna go and do that so then I um, I went to Reading University, trained, um, did my teacher training, and the school that I stayed at um, for my second placement asked me to stay for a job. So then it was kind of all it was all just kind of a, a nice, neat line at that point of, of where my career was going. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I thought I'd be now, to be honest. Okay, so so just going back a little bit there. So you mm. when you first went off to university after school, mm -hmm. where did you go yes. to university then? I went, so I did four years, so I did my foundation and then I did my degree at Falmouth College of Arts as it was now, uh, then, and now it's changed to, I think it's it's under a different name now, but it was a very small college when I went, um, in a very sort of bohemian campus in Cornwall, it was lovely, absolutely beautiful place to study, it's very lucky. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely in that part of the world, I know it is yeah. incredible. But going back to that, because uh, funny enough, I've, I've been, I have spoken about this before, we had a ceramicist mm -hmm. on the podcast. Oh, um, and we were talking about this when you with like the art degrees and the art courses that mm. it can be so um specific like you were saying there with your brief that actually and this is the trouble a bit isn't it with education i'm not here to sort of knock education but these things <laughs> if you don't fit into a certain category yeah. in a certain box then actually you can end up missing out on doing what you're really meant to do yeah you're meant absolutely. to be absolutely i think you're right i think it's um it's very different now and 
and education kind of always goes in a full circle so they'll change things and it will go back to how it was and it's really difficult and I think as a you know when you're coming up to uh, even just choosing your GCSEs you know quite a lot of children don't know what they want to be and then they go and do their A-levels and it's still not quite right but like you said you you can slip through the gaps and it just it takes a lot of perseverance I think to find the right direction um, and it's really really not obvious to a lot of people at the time how they're going to go forward with this degree you know um, so yeah it is difficult it's really I feel really sorry for, for um, students now to be honest mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, thankfully, we've got inspiring stories like yours. But also, it's, <laughs> I suppose it is. It, it's and also, I don't think I would have had the confidence at that age. But to sort of start on your own. But really, mm. nowadays, that's probably one of the things to do with all the different like Etsy's and different things available. Absolutely. Yeah, it's changed so much. Um, so when I was like coming out of university in 2005, you, you know, you couldn't. Uh, the, the computer technology for example was nowhere near where it is now um if you wanted anything digitally printed which is what i was specializing in it cost fortune because you had to have meters and meters of fabric made but now you know you can send it off via an email and it's it's kind of back to you within a day so it's i think for for young people now like you said etsy and all these different channels and social media it's 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 really useful for those young people trying to start out because you know they they can just get it out there straight away um and and people will pick them up you know if they're original and doing something new so yeah it's absolutely brilliant now but i think yeah back then it was really difficult to to get into the industry it was quite closed mm. um and someone had to basically spot you to get you into the the sort of arena so yeah, <laughs> and I, well, to get you in the, exactly the arena, but but also it's I th- I think as well it's so much about if you've got the parents behind you that don't mm-hmm. you know because parents can think that come on I need we want you to go on that yes. path and yes. if you've got teachers telling you it's very yes. hard to sort of have the yeah. confidence to to anyway mm. I could talk about that all day but that's <laughs> yeah, we're getting a little bit sidetracked so in, in that first chapter so so there you were you were an art teacher and you were working at a private school all boys school so all those boys that you weren't with, when you were when you were there was a lot of boys around but this it it wasn't it wasn't great for you though was it it wasn't great no so um so when I so basically I was an art technician at the um independent school and then I went to a different school so it wasn't the same one so this was a mixed school but it was very high standard and um it started off fine like and it was I I loved teaching I loved the pupils and I was learning all the Ofsted stuff and uh, you know trying to pass my NQT year and then um, as a lovely surprise I I became pregnant at 28 which okay. was like halfway through my um, my training and that was really difficult because I suffered from morning sickness for mm. like nine months which oh. my mum also did um, and it made things so hard and it and it the, the school weren't very good and I just had a bucket under my desk and was kind of expected to work and it, it was just so hard and the more stressed you become the worse you feel it's just nausea and vomiting all the time and it was just absolutely soul destroying I think yeah it just it was a little bit of a turning point at, at that that stage I was a bit worried you know what I hope this is going to end you know um having a new baby I didn't expect that to happen um but yeah, in it, now looking back, it's fine. But it was quite traumatic, actually, at the yeah. time. I can sympathise. I didn't have exactly that. But in my second, when I had my baby, I was mm. um, sick the whole time. And oh. I, was, I was doing early shifts. Oh, and it was no. just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I still get a flashback now. And I just think yeah. about it. Yeah. But you never, yeah. like, there's certain smells and that. that it, yes. you can, it can take you back to that moment. Like, your insides. Absolutely. I can totally screeching. agree with you there. If someone says to you, have some ginger, I think you just want to just slap yeah. them around the face. Yeah. Yeah, no ginger yeah the ginger does not work have another no. ginger. i'd sit there with like a packet of ginger nuts and it's like yeah. it's not working um so no i i have oh i have so much sympathy so i can i completely understand so because you'd so you'd met your partner sam by this stage yes. obviously. so yes. then you have to, so so you went when you had phoebe did you go mm-hmm. you went back to the job yeah, I went back after nine months, so she was in a private nursery, everything was fine, and I was really, 
but because I had a really tough time in my training and like um, a lot of like negativity, I felt I really had to prove myself. So I went in like all guns blazing. I'm going to do this amazing job. I came back, you know, really, really wanting to fight for my job, basically, show that I could do it because I was kind of, I got really kicked in the teeth. I just felt just it was so it was so traumatic because I felt like I just kind of let everybody down and um get myself back up was was really hard so I came in and I was like right I'm gonna really enjoy my job and and I'm gonna be a great mum I'm gonna you know do the nursery run on my way to school pick up and it was fine but unsustainable for kind of you know I did it for two years and and I was getting in really early you know working around everybody else and actually it was just so unsustainable I just couldn't keep up I became pregnant with my second child and again sickness just hit and it was just like oh no not again and at that point I just kind of said to the school this has happened before I just can't manage and um and I eventually got signed off but it was such a fight and it was so it's just horrible just you know you're pulled in every area because you want this amazing career but you know you've got you've got you're pregnant and then you've got a toddler and you've got and it's just so hard um so yeah it wasn't wasn't as planned really but that but Hannah that I mean you said I I, again I can totally understand and sympathize um because I've been through it myself but it's ridiculous when you say when you say it out loud like that and I'm sure Mm. someone listening now our lovely listeners but you know you you were pregnant and you were yeah. you were ill you were really yes. really yeah. ill but yeah. but why is it that we feel it's our fault and it's our yeah. responsibility and yeah. equally in the workplace it's like if somebody had a condition like that that wasn't related to pregnancy they absolutely would be signed off yeah. and then you go back to work feeling you have to compensate for it yes, yes i absolutely. mean it's ridiculous isn't it yeah. it's mad it's mad when you say it like that I, you know i i kind of it, it's just it was just again it was just a really traumatic thing because you take I was becoming a mum like everything changes you, everything changes and even um so I dropped down to part-time and and it was never part-time because you're always trying to keep up aren't you and you know you're you're constantly working in your days off and you've got a child and you, it's just yeah it is just ridiculous mm. but um, I think it's recognised more now. I mean, at the time, they just kind of thought I was being really overdramatic. Um, but like you said earlier, the, the nausea, just being nauseous all that time, oh. and you just, you know, now, if I'm ever feeling not very well, I, I kind of automatically think back to it, and I'm like, God, I felt like this for nine months, you know. Mm. How did I get through that twice? Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it wasn't recognised. Um, I think it is a bit more now, but we were just expected to get on you know Mm. yeah you are you are and it's absolutely ridiculous but also the whole part-time that's a whole nother issue because I do think I do think because you're like hang on you you end up you're doing everything and you feel you're you're rubbish at everything because you're doing nothing particularly well and then you get snowballs also you're exhausted and and it's and so much responsibility and and we were just saying before we started recording you know it's very easy that oh you work part-time oh on those days you're not working you're just (laughs) you're in the spa and you're just having you're probably just having a nice long lunch and it's just not like that (laughs) no not at all at all squeezing it all in isn't it yeah um yeah yeah. So oh. it is really difficult. <laughs> okay, well, I you, I have much admiration. So you actually even said, I mean, this sounds pretty awful, and we're not saying which school that you worked at, but there was a head of department that came and observed you. So this was after yeah. you'd had your second baby. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so you were trying, still trying very hard and do, doing your best, all that you can. Mm. And mm. basically they observed you and they said you could potentially be a great teacher but at the moment, you're a you're a disappointment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hannah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you can see why I left eventually. <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I should ask this. I, I, was this a man or a woman? It was a woman. It was a woman. Oh, my it God. That woman. makes it yeah, so yeah, yeah. much That almost makes yeah. it worse. Yeah, it does. It does. I, I think that's the thing. I maybe expected some more understanding, but... Yeah, and I mean, yeah, she was a mother herself, so it w- did make it really difficult. Mm. Um, and I just came out of that meeting, and I, I just remember crying and crying, and just thinking, I, you know, if I'm not doing what they think is any good, then why am I, why am I even trying anymore? And I think that really sort of 
kicked me in the teeth and that was it mm. you know, were you was, enjoying it were you actually enjoying it i the teaching side i i loved and i loved the pupils and and you know the energy you get from a child that isn't particularly achieving anywhere else but will come into the art department and and make a, a lovely piece of work and you you can see you know that achievement and and praise that's going into them like a little sponge um that is like you can't put money on that I mean it, it's it's just so joyful um so that's why I loved and I loved you know making things and just you know just having fun but obviously doing what we had to do but it's the whole box ticking thing and um lesson planning now I mean I, I've been out of it for a while but I just can't imagine going back with all the boxes you have to tick and the Ofsted criteria. Um, and it was an outstanding school and I just, every observation I ever had, I could never, I was always just off outstanding and then it just slipped after children and I just thought, I, I just can't do it. You know, it's it's just too tough and, and I'm getting myself in such a state, you know, constantly working and trying to get to this standard and, and I'm just, I'm probably not a box ticking person. I'm not that sort of teacher um, and I also knew I never wanted to kind of go into a management or pastoral role in the school. I just wanted to be a teacher but you can't nowadays just be a teacher. You have to kind of really want, want more and yeah wasn't for me in the end no so, no yeah. and also i mean just to have to work under that pressure to be have to be nobody mm. can be constantly outstanding mm. it does make you wonder like the, for the children to be in that environment i mean that again Absolutely. is another thing but just to have this constant pressure of being outstanding it's yeah, yeah. it's proven sort of more and more isn't it that it's not yeah. necessarily the healthiest yeah. way to live but anyway so yeah. so so moving on then to your next chapter so you did, you basically made the big decision, didn't you? I mean, this is I think this is amazing what you did with your with your <laughs> husband, um, because because yeah. I think so many people talk about it and they don't do it and they yeah. just carry on and everyone gets worse and it just gets just more and more dreadful and everyone sort of falls apart. But so yeah. you basically made the decision that you're mm -hmm. going to stop work. But you know, life you moved house, you yeah. really you you bit the bullet. Yeah. Um, I think it, it just got to that point where I thought I could go and get a teaching job in another school, but the likelihood is it's going to happen again. Like I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not a natural sort of box ticking teacher. It's I, I to have an interview, I think would have just <laughs> scared the pants off me. So I was like, no, I'm just going to, we're going to move. We were in the center of Reading at the time and um, in a really busy area. And I, I just, I think my husband and I just had got to that point. So we'd had Phoebe and then we'd had Martha. So Martha was still really little. And um, we just said, no, we're going we're gonna to get out of the rat race, really. Um, between us, we kind of worked out we could survive on just his wage. And um, we didn't plan at all to move to Wallingford in any way. <laughs> we looked at loads and loads of houses, um, our household very quickly, because at the time there was kind of a property boom in Reading because of the rail line. And, um, yeah, we just... We looked and looked at houses and then our house came up in Wallingford and we knew instantly and as soon as we walked out the back door we, we put a, um, an offer in and um, we, we just knew that it was the right decision. Um, but yeah, that was that was the best thing I think we've, we could have done. I don't, like you said, you just could have kept going on the rat run round and round. Um, but yeah, my husband was absolutely brilliant um, to support that decision and I think he was fed up too because he's also in sort of... Um, countryside management and things so his his heart's really in, in trees and land and so it was good to get out of there and were your parents yeah. still there yes so my parents were still in brightwell and um yeah before that we had to like do an hour's trip basically to get through reading to see them and things so then like being able to just be like 15 minutes down the road was was fantastic mm. um the thought that i could actually see them more um, even though they were still both working full time, it's um it was just it was just nice to know I'd be in an area that I was comfortable in and I'd grown up around. Coming back is just lovely. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm, I can well imagine. And so, <laughs> so the nursery, so mm -hmm. the nursery uh, your dad owned, but yeah. he re he rented out. Yeah, so he started the nursery originally over over thirty years ago, and he bought his house and next to it was a piece of land and it 
all of the area was an old fruit growing um, sort of um, farm. So there was lots of orchards and things like that. So he had this area of land right next to his house through a gate. And um, he decided in his wisdom that he was going to open a nursery. Um, working full time and having two young children was just like too much. So he decided to rent it out. So he rented it out for years and years um to different couple of guys and then eventually um in 2015 i think it was the man that was renting it just upped and left um and the the nursery was just in a complete state of disrepair with lots of broken sheds and things like that glass and i just came to visit him one day and he said oh come with me just come and look at this and we walked out and it was just it was so depressing. Um, he was almost in tears. We looked in some of the polytunnels and they were just full of these like salvias, which were like sticks. And they were just, you know, all these dying plants. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what are we, you know, what are you going to do? Because at that point it was nothing to do with me. Um, they took a rent from it, obviously. So it, it did have an impact um, on their income. And then sort of we were talking about it and I was like, we, we could do this. We could sell these. We'll sell the plants off and just see how it goes. Um, so we had a great big sale and that's really how it all started again. Wow. Um, and so yeah. how long had you been living? So how long after this when you moved and you stopped the teaching? How long was this? So we moved in 2014. Um, 2015, the nursery was given up. And then it was very tentatively, we had... I think our first sale in 2016 um, and that's when people kind of all came up to buy all of this this stock that we'd nursed back to health and we were just thinking let's make some some money back on all these plants if we can so we had thousands of these salvias um, just thousands of them and we had this sale and um, yeah people started coming up and saying you know please don't shut this is the only nursery around please don't shut and we were like oh okay we, we kind of it would never have occurred to me to take it on and it had never occurred to my dad to start again he was actually actively looking for someone to take it on and rent um but he also knew he had to kind of gut it and start again so there's quite a lot of money involved to get it back and then so it was 2018 when we finally made the decision to start rename it and start again and that's when we started trading but yes wow, that's amazing <laughs> that is a little bit of the universe giving you something there isn't it i know uh, yeah. I, I do like to go back to the hippy dippy stuff but it's yeah. it's i mean that is amazing isn't it yeah 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 absolutely i mean it wouldn't it was like the the, the stars aligned because there was no it was never anything that had ever occurred to me. I'm not particularly green-fingered, or I wasn't, I am now, but um, I've grown up around plants and, and veg patches and all the rest of it. Um, but, yeah, like, just going... I think the nursery, the, the, the area, just that land being surrounded by orchards, has a very um, sort of magical feel about it, and you can't help but be drawn to it. And I think it, that was what happened to me. I just sort of like, this could be amazing. Like, we can't let this slip out of our fingers. Because if we do, it's it's going to just go downhill. Like, we can't let someone else have it. We've got to get it back up to some kind of state and we've got to take it on. And that was just, my mum was really doubtful. She was like, well, how are you going to do this? You know, um, I still had one child, I had one child at nursery school and one who hadn't couldn't get in because she wasn't yet old enough and she was like well how are you going to do this you know I'm working full-time my mother-in-law lived in Hertfordshire so she couldn't help me Sam works full-time and I was just like well we'll just do weekends we'll start doing weekends and that's that's how it started so what you um, would just open the nursery at the weekend yeah yeah so that's how it started and then when my second child got into school in September of oh my goodness 2019 that's when I started opening in the week um around school hours um, and that's how it started, really. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so obviously that. So you weren't. I was because I was going to say. So you weren't particularly green fingered before. No. But obviously your dad is massively yeah. so. Yes. So yeah. and and so that's how you. So you gutted it all completely. Gutted it out. Yeah. 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 And we then skip. Right, I bet you did. I bet it was big. And then you had. Um, so then you had you you had uh, forgive my ignorance here because I'm not too green fingered. So um, well I'm not green fingered at all actually. But um, <laughs> if I'm honest, um, but the so then you would so what, could you preserve some of those plants that were already there? 
yeah so the the biggest problem for us in the beginning was like we want to open a nursery we've got some stock which is you know a bit old it's not the best stock um and then we need to get some more stock and actually when you're starting from scratch you're like well where am i going to get all these plants from because they've got to grow so if i grow them you know they're going to take a year um i can't just it's actually really hard to find a supplier you can't actually just google it and find somebody it's it's really really difficult so we probably spent a year trying to find um someone who could stock us um so that was really hard um and then eventually kind of it's a bit like the designer thing i was saying doors open once people kind of know that you're serious and and on what you're trying to do um but yeah so it started like that and then i um I started to grow and we uh, from seed and we started to take cuttings and that kind of sort of fed a little bit into the stock and then as we've like grown a bit um, we found more suppliers but basically my confidence has grown within the growing area so now I try to grow as much as possible on site because um, one thing that is like quite apparent at the moment is um, there's a lot of plants being imported so you've got all sorts of diseases and different things and and lots of those plants won't survive in our in our climate so that was really important that I grew things on site that I knew everything about and I just learned on the job and by the end of it now I know all the stock everything we have much more than my dad and my dad's asking me but it it's it was such a learning curve but between us it's just been fantastic because he's been there and then he's sort of like bounced ideas off me and like what we should grow and and it's just it is it's such a lovely relationship like I could never have done anything without my dad there um but yeah it's it's a really just a really special place and yeah I love it, as you can tell. <laughs> I can tell it. So I'm getting goosebumps. But you know, but to get to work with your dad like that as well. Yeah, I mean, not and yeah. obviously you're, you're very, very close. And I was yeah. just thinking, like when you started off, when you were saying, like when your mum and dad weren't there, you know, or they felt the yeah. fact that you're look at this again. It's come round. The the yeah. universe yeah. is listening because yeah. you yeah. get to work with your dad, and you <laughs> and you said that your mum is sort of obviously very involved. So yeah. and so you're you're all together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, just one. That's just amazing yeah it's lovely it's very unique situation i mean um we as he owns the land like i don't have to pay rent so i'm in a unique position to have been able to start it um but yeah it's it's good for him as well because i'm hoping he's going to retire into it and stop climbing trees and things but um because he's because you said he's 67 which is no age but he's still working as a full-time landscape gardener very hard working um he's always like doing patios climbing trees hedge cutting and he's very physical he's had two knee replacements i think he's on his third now and he's just he's amazing and he's not a person that would sit down at a weekend anyway so even if i say to him don't worry you don't need to come out to the nursery today i'll do this on my own comes to see his daughter and his grandchildren (laughs) so do you so you do you still do the weekends so do you so you don't work on a monday and a wednesday yeah they're my days off (laughs) and does the nursery stay open when you're not working no it's just me so i do everything from growing to all the social media to um the print designs for the gift stuff the gift buying i do everything that's amazing yeah and because tell me if i've got this wrong but did i see in the article that you'd won a small business award as well yeah we did um we did uh uh prestigious oxfordshire um, business award which was uh, uh, last month which was amazing because that was from a customer's feedback so we didn't have any idea it was even happening and then um last may i applied with a video just about the nursery to be part of small business saturday um 100 and there was 100 businesses counted down to small business saturday and we were one of them and that that was amazing springboard and i never in a million years thought that video that i did on my phone <laughs> would, would appear in their sort of finalists so that was brilliant so yeah we've had had two really good years even with covid um we've had a really you know we've been really successful in what we've been doing so it's it's a real you know it makes you feel good yeah absolutely <laughs> and even with covid i mean the the people have the so presumably people have still been coming to get plants as yeah. well so that's yeah, yeah. 
that's yeah. amazing that is amazing so okay then so carrying on then to be continued so yes. what what would you how would you like to i mean this is just amazing forgive the pun but this is going to just grow and grow isn't it i mean sorry i am a journalist but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah no uh well i think i think it's really important not to lose our roots either because because it is kind of like it's such a small little business in a, in a little area that you wouldn't it's off the beaten track you it's hard to find which is good and bad uh, and i kind of I want to keep that specialness about it so I don't want it to grow too big um my dad's always really worried you know all these things coming out he kind of says oh no what if we get loads of cars and but it's it's we've grown a lovely um kind of community of people who are growing peat free who are sort of more um environmentally aware um who are, are real diehard fans um, who will come up, you know, every week and just see what we've got. And it's so lovely because people walk through and I know their names. I've chatted with them about, you know, something going on at home, blah, blah, blah. And we have such a lovely relationship with, with our customers. But I think if we became too big, like we don't want to be a garden centre. We don't want to sell loads of rubbish and, you know. But we just, I I would love one day my my goal has always been to have a feature in country living because i was like that's it that's like the goal <laughs> and then um that's a great we goal we have been thinking about a cafe but it's again it's not really the direction we want to go and we just want it to be this this lovely little place where where we know what we're doing and you know people appreciate the quality of the plants and things mm. so and yeah. it's because of the specialness with you and your dad and your family. You're, mm. You will keep that. But that's the magic, isn't it? That's the yes. magic with yeah. it all. Absolutely. But it is amazing because like, when you think about it, because you, you obviously love you, with your art. And I've seen yeah. the pictures and clearly you've got such a yes. flair and it looks... Oh, go- well, it does. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And oh, so, But then also how you're talking there, that's a little bit with your teaching coming in, the fact that you're yeah. teaching communities. So it's strange, isn't it? Because you would have yeah. never got from that career thing or when you were at college, yeah. this is what I'll be doing doing but yeah. you're actually bringing in everything that you've learned yeah absolutely there's lots of skills involved and I think quite it's it's lovely with the nursery because um like you said there's communication skills and um it's really nice to have um that social aspect because sometimes you if you're a customer and you go to a nursery and somebody's there and they're just talking all the latin plant names and you feel really intimidated what I love is that I get lots of women coming up who are who wouldn't go anywhere else because they know they can talk to me and ask me questions even if they're not green fingered and they don't know about plants so that communication is is lovely and just like you're saying the art and design side of it I only grow things that I like the color and texture of for example so my eye is completely different to the garden center up the road because they're growing mass-produced things but I'm just looking at, you know, colour, shape, form. So all of those things, like you said, they all come in. And then the artwork, um, that's like, that's lovely because it just balances everything out. So I get to do a little bit of everything throughout my career, like you said, which I've never thought of before. But you're totally right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, it, yeah. but, it's, but it's just, I think it's fascinating because it's interesting. The more that I do these podcasts that you see this, and it's really? uh, yeah yeah you do and it's quite um and this is where I think as well that with with anyone and we've got, got lovely listeners that it's like you know people are thinking and they need to they get this they think they need to have this big revelation and yeah. you need to do this you have to go and train at a school for another five years and you think oh, I can't afford yeah. that I've got children yeah. but actually it, you've got what you've already doing and there is a way of combining that with something you love and then Mm. you've got look at the life that you're living I mean compare Mm. with how you felt when you were a so-called disappointment at the I mean at the arts in the art class but I mean you couldn't compare it could you no not at all it is amazing when you say it like that I think sometimes it's really hard I don't see the bigger picture at all like because you're so involved in it but when you step back and see like you just said the road that you've got to this point and the things that you've achieved it is it's it is amazing you know I, I used to hate going to work and sort of have the Sunday night dread you know when you can't sleep but now every day I just love going to work it's just I just love it. There's nothing 
that can compare really apart from my children yeah. <laughs> well they can work there too they can yeah, run well, the cafe that's, that's the goal <laughs> they can do the cafe yeah i like it i can say come on see like god i'm piping in now but you know like a lovely little one of those little vans um because i come back to the area a lot and you see them and with like serving the teas and the coffees and some cake there you go oh we're (laughs) see we're aligned we're aligned i'm coming for a visit (laughs) next time i'm back i will but that's that is amazing because you don't need to go because you don't need to go to a big fancy school to do like you say you've been able to to advise because i actually i'm not green fingered and i we've got a lovely gorgeous florist that we here in bristol oh, um called barry too good who's just <laughs> as good as he sounds yeah. um but he taught we go to him and my friends do and he tells us what plants to get and and not to, and it's honestly he's really helped and then he's helping us create this a lovely space for us yeah. um and he's such a part of the community and it's just yeah. and i can imagine that you're the same yeah it's um it is that like people just um are so worried and they don't have the confidence and they may not have the confidence to know what the name of a plant is but i feel like they come in and they're happy to just ask me and say oh i'm really stupid but i don't know this and i said no you're not stupid at all why would you know you know you're not trained in it it's absolutely fine and then we talk through things and i help them you know with a shady bit of their garden or whatever and it's having yeah that relationship with your customer um that really bonds you and and like I said before especially women really like coming up to see me because I'm another woman and I'm just open and comfortable to talk to and I think exactly what you said with your florist that's that is the key you know even even just like taking the compost to their car you know and carrying things that's what I always do and I've always done it but if you go to the garden center they don't do that there you know you're out the door and it's that personalized touch that's you know it does just comes naturally to us because that's how we are mm. and I think yeah I think that's that's what makes us different and I just love it Mm. I love it. I love it. I love that it's opened in school hours as well. I love that you yes. do it. I I think that's really brave. But also, I bet people really admire that and love it and respect it because people get it, don't they? Yeah. yeah. I was very worried about that because ten till two is a really funny time, you know. And I thought, oh god, everyone's going to moan at me because I'm never open when they're there. But like you said, I've had loads of like new mums with with babies and their other children at school or elderly people and they just and they love it and it's nice and you know it's really serene and you just hear the birds and it's it's lovely and people say oh my god this is like a sanctuary you know just coming up and having a really chilled out time you know there's no pressure for anybody to buy anything just have a chat or I can help and I think yeah it's it's really good I I was really worried that those opening hours were going to backfire but you're right it's just people just see it as a as a lovely opportunity to just slip out yeah and and people are respectful because a lot of them like you say they're mums they've been through it or grandmothers and they get it but also the fact that you can maintain it and it fits so well in your life you love it so much and then that comes through so it 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 goes to show if you've got something that fits it just works yeah in so yeah. many different ways absolutely oh god right brilliant so let's move on then i'm i'm all inspired i'm thinking about coming for a piece of cake um uh, move on to the acknowledgements so yes. who would you like to thank well i have to thank my husband because without him i don't think we would ever moved you know he's been the breadwinner there were times when you know I still don't make masses amount of money from the nursery it's going to be a long a long time to make a proper income but he's there and he's like looks after the kids at the weekend um and and is you know a good sounding post for things and very very supportive um and then like obviously my dad who's just amazing and my mum who's just finished work so now she's stepping in to sort of do a bit of childcare for me so that's really helpful um yeah, because it's not a nine-to-five job. It's me kind of trying to fit around school holidays still and things like that. And, you know, with awful weather and things like that, you just have to get on with it. And, you know, if you need to be there, you've got to be there. So you need that support network. And they are definitely 
they're definitely always there so yeah they sound it they sound i'm so pleased your mum's retiring as well no that sounds that's lovely good for her but we're not allowed to say retiring oh i do apologize no it's okay i don't know why (laughs) no i get that because also she's probably if she's listening to this she's saying shut up that silly woman because (laughs) because you're not actually she retiring she's she's starting a a next chapter but also she's going to be very busy looking after everyone so there's none of that so i do i do apologize to your mum. Okay. <laughs> uh, but but also it goes to show doesn't it like that big decision that you mm. and your it makes such a difference if you've got someone that you can make these decisions with and yes. um, and also like have parents so supportive because like that that big decision you made with with Sam your yeah. your life could be so different now if you hadn't and the same now that you're all just coming together and supporting one another it's just such a lovely way to live yeah yeah we're we're just really lucky and it was a unique it was a unique um, opportunity. I mean, not. I feel really lucky and a bit naughty, really, because I've had something kind of given to me um, to take forward, whereas a lot of people would have to start from scratch and, you know, find a place to do it, da-da-da-da. Um, so we are in a unique position. But, yeah, it is amazing. I I wouldn't want to even imagine what my life could have been like if I was still teaching. No, no. I, don't think, I don't think it's naughty. I just think it was all, when you make the right decisions and brave decisions, it all comes. And do you, I mean, do you ever, like, you working with your dad, does he ever tell you off or do you ever tell him off? Um, well, I tell him off because he's an absolute technophobe and he's so scared of the credit card machine. So he never <laughs> takes any, he will never do any serving. He's always like, he's always either, he chats a lot and then he sort of disappears and he's doing potting up and things. So I tell him off, like, come on, you need to learn how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sure he takes it very well. so Hannah if so if someone's listening to this and I I think it's hard not to be inspired by what you've what you've done um but so if someone's in fact first of all if they're thinking about this and they're like I really don't know what I want to do I want to do Mm -hmm. something else and this is just like that situation with you this is not working I'm feeling really rubbish I'm not enjoying life as much as I should be um or want to be and it's just you're just caught in this horrible horrible cycle yeah. In that situation, like you were, what mm. would you advise to that person? Because when you're in the depths of it, it's very hard to see out of it, isn't it? Absolutely. I think you've got to be honest with yourself, really, and just kind of work out what what is it? What's the bits that I hate? What's the bits that I like? And have a dis- if you're with a partner, you need to have that discussion because if quite likely is the other person is also feeling a bit rubbish, like you know. In our situation, Sam didn't like living where we were living either, and he'd come to the end. I didn't really know that until we'd had that discussion and sat down, and then we were like, oh, we both feel like we don't want to be in Reading anymore. And I think you have to be really open and honest, and you've got to try and find a way out, even if you have to do something you don't like for a while to get where you do want to be. You have to just try and make it work. Um, But there's nothing more soul destroying than going to a job that you hate every day and you feel like you know your confidence and self-esteem is knocked and you're just not growing as a, as a person so yeah I think you have to just be honest with yourself and it's like the hardest thing in the world to go I'm not happy you know I, I want to leave um I've done all this work and I've you know qualified and I thought I was going to have this career until I basically retired to to go oh no actually I've made a mistake that's hard and it and it's it's kind of embarrassing as well because you feel like you've you've let everybody down and everyone's like oh well she was a teacher but she's not anymore that's hard but you have to do it you just have to suck it up and do it and do whatever you can to get to that place where you're going to be happy and it's it takes such a lot of thinking and like logistical nightmares to get there but you will get there Mm. it's just time Mm. and honesty I suppose as well being really really honest and in terms of not getting like if do we really need to have that holiday or three holidays or two you know things like that do we need to live in a house we get a smaller house you know big decisions that make such a difference yeah and if you've got because you know you started off very much in the art you know very artistic and your dad was the landscape gardener but you're doing something now that you really love combining everything but Mm. it goes because that's the other thing when people say I just don't know what I want to do yeah 
in a way it's using all the skills that you've already got isn't it? you don't necessarily have to have a big no. revelation that's yeah. what I want to be yeah that's it and I, if you can do that then obviously you're halfway there aren't you because you've you know you've you've got skills that you can adapt and and use in a different way um but yeah it's 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 really like you said earlier it's really hard to see the bigger picture of, of where you've come from and what you've learned and sometimes you don't realize what you have and what skills you have and it's yeah it's really it is it's such a difficult thing i mean you just it just takes so much time and, and thinking about the process but yeah the skills people just don't realize what they've got I think in, in these different areas so yeah so yeah so what would you say to somebody who's thinking hang on they've got all these different skills I just but they, there isn't a nursery or there's not something mm. that's obvious that they, yeah. that they can do what would you say to that person well I think if you can just start if it's I don't know what it would be but if if it's something you can start doing on the side and like you know, you could be somebody who's been working in an industry in an office, you know, for years and years, but you really like drawing or, you know, I want to be an artist or whatever. You need to just start exploring that maybe on the side and just seeing, you know, like you said, there's so many outlets now, whether it's Etsy or local selling groups or, you know, starting to do a craft fair, something like that. If you can just have a little outlet and just just sort of test the water, well, am I enjoying it? Is this what I want to do? Um will this ever work for me you can start testing the water um you know on the side but it's it is it's just so difficult nowadays because you're just you're in the mindset of you know you've got to pay a mortgage you've got to you know pay for your car blah 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 so it is it's just the, the most tricky decision ever but if you can just sort of just tentatively start to work out if what you like what you know you might have seen something online or you might be following someone on instagram and they're, they've got a similar, you know, career that you were looking at. There's just so many inspirations and, and ways to get into things, but it's it just takes time. Mm. And again, going what we just said there, honesty, but it's being mm. really honest. Uh, like you have to be really honest about what's not working, and what yes. you do, but being really, really honest about what you actually do love. and Because yeah. everyone does love something. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it. There's that. There's always something that you will prefer to do, or your or your hobby, or whatever you know. And then getting through the fear, but to have the support yeah. um, system as well, I suppose, mm-hmm. to just to be able to have that bravery to actually then take that first step. That's it. I think it is the support system. You, you know, you're never going to go forward if if you're not going to be honest about it and discuss it with with your partner or whatever. You're never going to you'll never have that bravery to go forward but I think um discussing everything is really really important to be Um, honest yeah and so just finally because I'm conscious of your time because uh, this is is one of those leisurely days off of course it's not (laughs) um but uh so yeah your final bit of advice of somebody who is doing it who is living the life um that she is just so meant to be what what would you say as your final bit of advice i think that you just need to trust your instinct and follow follow your instinct because it's usually right and just don't there will be horrible times and there'll be great times and it's just a road that you have to travel to get to where you need to be basically (laughs) hannah armitage that is excellent advice i can't wait to travel on the road to your uh cake and cup of tea in your lovely nursery oh thanks but thank you so much for being such an amazing guest on the next chapter thank you very much that was very kind of you to answer (laughs) so there you are what did you think of that i loved loved speaking with hannah can you guess I keep thinking about what she just said. There'll be horrible times and great times. It's just the road you have to travel to get what you want. Every time I have a wobble, and believe me, there's lots of wobbling, I think of this and I hope you will too. You can find out more about Hannah and her dad and the Winterbrook Garden Nurseries at their website. Go and have a look. It looks just so lovely there and I cannot wait to go and have some cake. You can keep up to date with me at elliebarkerwrites.com and if you're kind enough to subscribe to my mailing list, you'll be the first to receive these episodes and some other little treats too. But it was such a treat to speak with Hannah. I loved it and I hope you did too. Now you're listening to the next chapter by Ellie Barker, a flower pot production. Keep thinking, keep discussing. Speak soon. <laughs>